0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Wilde, a podcast about film, always counting down to next year's Oscars. I'm Nick Rurkraut.
1: And I'm Sophia Simonello.
0: And today we'll be talking all about the Oscar shortlist, which were released earlier today. And to do that, like always, Bennett Prosser is back with us. He was here the last time on our Venice episode when we talked about going to the festival.
2: So welcome back, Bennett. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm definitely calling in from a different location than I was in Rome. I was in like a fancy hotel in Rome when I called in last time, but now I'm in a blizzard warning South Central Wisconsin. So a little bit different, but really excited to talk about all of the shortlists that came out today. I think uh, one thing I love about going through the Oscar race is all of the minutiae and getting really into the details, stuff that most people won't care about but just like kind of going deep into little stuff that m- won't really matter in a couple weeks just kind of makes me really happy so thanks for having me.
1: Yeah of course I feel like this is our little holiday tradition to <laughs> get together and discuss the short lists. I also just love rules mm-hmm. and organization around them in these categories. It is so interesting just to see how each branch votes and how these lists are compiled and how ultimately we get our nominees from these groups. And I think it's a good way too. I mean, we spend a lot of time during award season, specifically after the Oscar nominations come out, going category by category through those in our Oscar contender series. So this is a nice little preview, I think, to that, to some of the films that we will end up discussing. So yeah, I think this is always an exciting episode because it really actually starts to feel real now. I think,
2: mm-hmm. and it's nice to talk about some of the possibilities that maybe we never thought were possibilities, and they're gonna to be taken off the list uh, when the nominations come out anyway. But it's there's like a moment where this one one film in one category, like maybe Blonde, can get in for makeup and hairstyling. Maybe we won't be talking about that again, but this is maybe <laughs> maybe this is it's time to shine.
1: I think it might not to jump the gun. I I think we I think we might actually have Academy Award nominee blonde.
2: Yeah I jumped at that one because it it seemed to stick out a lot just just in Mm -hmm. people's opinions but we'll get there. Yeah and then like trends of
0: what people online are talking about and what movies like are sparking Twitter madness and conversations and seeing whether they showed up or didn't today and I think more than not they didn't show up in places that I was expecting them to at least in order to show that they have this like mass love for the film. So we'll get into each category, certain nominees, snubs, and then just like general observations that we see happening throughout these 10 categories that we got. We will stay away from the three short film categories, so live action, documentary, and animated. Once we get those nominees, we'll talk about them. Because at this point, I haven't seen any of them. I don't know about you two, but it's always harder to predict them anyway. So we'll definitely get into those on a Contenders episode, though.
1: I haven't seen them. I mean, if All Too Well, the short film um, was included, I would have seen that, but it wasn't. So I haven't seen any of them either. I'm excited to go to the theater, though, and see them all.
2: I was going to say, we're not going to say anything about <laughs> any of the categories.
1: It truly is the Babylon elephant in the room.
2: <laughs> in in the, the spirit of saying nothing, um, I guess I will say I am a Swifty. I do have to say that up top. However, I think that this is a case of direction aside, short film aside, this is a case where the Academy is putting their foot down and saying that the five-minute version of All Too Well is the definitive version of All Too Well. And the 10-minute version is a beautiful case study uh, that highlights the magic of editing and how you can take something that has way too much in it and it can be edited down to perfection. So I hope that this spotlight that and its discussion and Taylor's campaigns and her chat with martin mcdonough yes yeah oh my god did
1: you watch that
2: i it's so funny scrolled as fast as i could past the clips that people were putting in my feed (laughs) because i couldn't i I just can't bear it um Mm -mm. so yes i think that the academy did something right in more than one way
1: i totally agree with that that's all i'll say on the matter thank you Yeah, so I think just getting into like an overview of how the shortlists work and what they are. So each shortlist is determined by members of that corresponding branch, except for the international feature film, where members from all branches are invited to participate in the preliminary round of voting and have to meet a minimum viewing requirement to be eligible to vote in the category. And that rule changed recently. We can also, we will get into specifics I think, for, you know, who decides these lists as we go category by category. We will also talk about a bake-off, what that is, and who does them, and when they take place, because those are also fascinating to me. And I love following all the the inside-the-room drama that comes from those. Yeah, I love,
2: you can find, like, a handful of journalists who just have their ear to the ground on Mm -hmm. how things went through the bake-off. And how, you know, something played through the roof that you thought was going to be the last thing that could get nominated. And then it ends up getting nominated. But sometimes that really feels like the make or break.
0: So let's get started with documentary feature. Our first category, our shortlisted films are All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Bad Acts, Children of the Mist, Descendant, Fire of Love, Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song. Hidden Letters, A House Made of Splinters, The Janes, Last Flight Home, Moon Age Daydream, Navalny, Retrograde, and The Territory. So how this category works, members of the documentary branch vote on these shortlisted films and the eventual five nominees. So it's the same voting body that will do both. And more often than not, that's the case for a lot of these categories. But I think overall, while I haven't seen many of these, they were definitely names that have come up quite a bit throughout the year and hearing lots of praise for. Notably, All That Breeze, which won the International Documentary Association Best Feature and Director, which I think is pretty big. And then among the others, and ones that had a lot of nominations at the Cinema Eye Honors, which honor nonfiction or documentary filmmaking, That would be All That Breeze, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, Moon Age Daydream, Navalny, and The Territory. So that's already six if we were to boil it down. And also to note, at the Cinema Eye Honors, Fire of Love and The Territory earned the most nominations in their ceremony's history with seven each. And I think that will be important because the documentary branch is voting for those final nominees as well.
1: I think just off the bat i'll say that i like when categories are sort of locked down like i like that the documentary branch they're the ones who vote on this this is the category that notoriously snubs a big film it happens nearly every year i think that this year already they snubbed just for shortlist. goodnight oppie which was getting a lot of mm-hmm. you know notices for that documentary i haven't seen that one yet Um, Senior was also missing. That was the Robert Downey Sr., Robert Downey Jr. film on Netflix. Also Cow and Sydney, so those are some that are missing. But yeah, looking at this list, I haven't seen too many of them, but I will say that I did love All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, which has gotten a lot of praise throughout festival season when it premiered in New York and elsewhere, too. Moon H Daydream being here is also interesting. It's the Bowie documentary, but it's a very big, powerful music documentary. And sometimes those do show up here, but when it comes to nominations, I'm not so sure that will show up. I know we're not doing predictions, but a lot of these are sort of like verite style, not a lot of archival footage put into them. And it's, yeah, it'll be interesting, I think, to see which way the branch goes.
0: Yeah, I feel like they go for darker, more real films. So yeah, I would also agree and say that out of the six that I mentioned, I would say Moon Age Daydream won't show up. But again, it was also shortlisted in the sound category, which Mm -hmm. I think is huge. And we can talk about that later as
2: well. I feel like the documentary branch also has recently gone for some kind of National Geographic leaning films, like My Octopus Teacher wasn't, I don't, that wasn't Nat Geo, that was Netflix, but still very nature-focused, and I'm thinking of Free Solo, and so I've seen three on this list, and two that I have seen, Fire of Love and The Territory are both available right now on Disney+, Plus, under the Nat Geo umbrella, and I just watched The Territory the other night. I really recommend it. It's very fascinating. I think it premiered at Sundance this year and won some of the documentary prizes uh, at that fest but it is a i don't know it's a really interesting watch between those two i did not i didn't really care for fire of love it has nice um kind of archival footage that is very cool to look at but yeah of the things i've seen in here i'd recommend checking out the territory um it's on disney plus and then descendant is on netflix that is also a really fascinating movie that kind of they, they are very cinema verite style but the more you watch them it kind of unpacks and each of their worlds get really complex and they're both kind of about a kind of community of people who are dealing with uh, in some ways very different types of kind of like oppression coming in and, and some uh, documentary filmmaker kind of getting in with those communities and I agree with going back to what you were saying Sophia about ones that were snubbed I also did have not seen it yet but I know the doc uh, is that black enough for you? was getting a lot of buzz a few weeks ago or a month ago or whenever it dropped on Netflix that may be more just like in the film journalist community that was really into it because I think the the creator is a former I don't know if he was a former critic or or a writer or something but I know that that was one that kind of stuck out as not getting in for me
1: definitely I thought about that one too and your point about nature documentaries is really interesting because I feel like I always think of this branch as like going very political. So I was thinking about like Navalny would be a choice that I could totally see them going for. You know, it's all about Russian political themes, technology. But, you know, having all of these nature documentaries on the list, I think all that breathes also can fit into that category a little bit. Yeah. You know, I could I can see them going that way again. Okay, so next we have International Feature, and for this category, each country chooses a film that they will submit, and I think we had 92 submissions this year. So our 15 shortlisted films, we have Argentina, 1985 from Argentina, Corsage from Austria, Close from Belgium, Return to Seoul from Cambodia, Holy Spider from Denmark, Saint-Omer from France, All Quiet on the Western Front from Germany. Last Film Show from India, The Quiet Girl from Ireland, Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths from Mexico, The Blue Caftan from Morocco, Joyland from Pakistan, EO from Poland, Decision to Leave from South Korea, and Cairo Conspiracy from Sweden. I think the big story here for international feature this year, weirdly, has been All about a film that wasn't selected by its country, that being RRR from India, but I'll note that their submission last film show did make it onto this list. I think sometimes that happens where you'll see the country pick the wrong film and then it's missing from the list altogether. So I think that's interesting here. Um, But what do you guys think about this list overall? This list compared to documentary feature film, I've seen more of these for sure.
0: I've seen a few more as well compared to documentary. While I don't think there's a front runner necessarily right now, there are so many names of critically acclaimed films that we've heard about for months. And I am very excited to get out and see these. Some of them are in theaters now. I think EO is there. Close is coming in January. It's not soon enough. I'm like so upset we're not gonna get that by nominations. But again, I think a great group of films. I'm curious if this is the only place we'll see Bardo. I know we don't have short lists for like editing or cinematography or any any of those technical categories, but it didn't show up anywhere else and I was kind of
2: expecting it to. So I'm curious what you guys think about that for bardo i have not watched it yet was there any of the of the categories that had shortlists today was there were there one like which ones of those do you think it stood the best chance in Um, is there vfx like i have no idea lol there
1: is vfx but i hated the vfx in the movie (laughs) just candidly i did not like the vfx But the score was really nice. I did like the score a lot. It's um, Bryce Dessner and Alejandro Iñárritu doing the score. So I thought there might be a possibility that that could appear. We'll get to that category soon. There were some strange inclusions, I think, in that list that were, I don't know, sort of compelling. But I don't know. It's hard because I do think that with that film, its strength is really in its cinematography. I could still see that happening and I mean there's a world where director is just a confusing category this year and they decide to go with Inyoritu again. I
0: thought maybe if there was a ton of support and love for this film it could even show up in sound but that list was only 10 so it was even shorter than some of these other categories we get 15 but yeah just a thought I don't know trying to see like how some of these films will shake out in the end. I know this is 10 out of 24 categories it's a small picture of what's to come, but still. Yeah.
1: Well, thinking about Bardo, I mean, the big Netflix contender here is really all quiet on the Western front, showing yeah, up love. all over the place, really. I mean, we're mm-hmm. going to mention it a few more times, which is crazy. I'm trying not to read into it so much because I think that these shortlists can often be misleading and can paint sort of an unbalanced Picture really of what the race looks like, but that to me is intriguing in itself. And personally, I think we can look at this list just for international feature, thinking about like all of the support for that movie. I think it will definitely show up come nomination morning. They clearly love it in multiple branches, but also the Academy loves war films. They do tend to gravitate towards films made by European countries like Germany. So I can definitely see it showing up.
0: There's a sound mixer I'll mention later on who won for Hacksaw Ridge. So literally that movie, exactly. But Mm. All quiet showing up in every possible category today, except for original song, which like
1: not many war
0: films have (laughs) original songs anyway. So basically every possible category really shocked me for the better. Like I love that all of these branches again, are voting separately, and they all chose it. So I'm hoping for some others to show up down the line. But yeah, again, I have to hold back a little bit. So I'm not super disappointed if it doesn't show up anywhere else.
1: I personally am just so happy that my favorite film in the category, Santo Mare, is here.
2: (sighs) I know. It in some ways feels like such a risk that France picked it. It's still kind of wild that they did over I know there was some other good competition like the Mia Hansen love her I think Mm -hmm. that was up with Santomare as a possible submission but it really is so so good that I hope it gets nominated if it gets nominated I don't know if it's gonna win it feels just like way too like formal to win on a vote from the entire academy but very much rooting for it here and I think in general looking at the list I wouldn't say there are really any major like snubs or kind of surprising omissions there's all of the big names at least I think like you mentioned right away Nick that you go down the list and it's like oh yep these are a lot of the big ones from the whole year and some some of the ones that I was kind of tracking to get shortlisted that didn't were ones that I had heard like uh you won't be alone that's about like a witch it's submitted by Australia uh That was one that was submitted that was a super long shot, but that didn't get in. And a couple like Alcaraz from Spain or Nostalgia from Italy. There were others that I've kind of seen pop up that didn't get in. But I think this seems to be hitting all the big ones, including Joyland, which is very exciting to see show up here after all the kind of drama with it. So Joyland is Pakistan's submission um, that... After it was formally submitted, I believe the country either sought to rescind its submission or they at least canceled its premiere and distribution in Pakistan. It's a LGBT kind of themed movie. I have not seen it, but that's my understanding. And so they, uh, after it was submitted, they tried to back out of it. But there were enough of the formalities with the actual submission process that uh, the academy was able to keep it on the list and I think they I, I believe they worked closely with the initial kind of submission committee to make sure that the film could get some type of distribution somewhere in time for it to be able to stay on the shortlist um, even when the country itself was trying to take it out of the whole kind of submission pool in general. so I'm very happy to see that come through i I have heard good things and if it doesn't go any further. I think at least this kind of recognition here is awesome, but I know some people who love it who would think it deserves and would be happy to see it nominated, so keeping an eye on that one.
1: I'll definitely have to watch it. This is actually a list where I do watch all of the shortlisted films.
0: I mean, so you would make an amazing Academy International feature branch member Thank you. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, this is this is a category where all members from all Academy branches can vote. It's not just one certain branch. And in order to vote for the shortlist, there's a viewing requirement on the shortlist website. It didn't specify exactly how many. But in order to choose the nominees, you have to have seen all 15 shortlisted films, which I love. They put their foot mm-hmm. down. They said you have to see everything in order to make an informed decision, and that's what we believe here on Oscar Wilde too. (laughs) Agreed.
1: (laughs) And we did get a question from Morgan. She said, international shortlist is pretty strong. What are your picks for Oscar Nom Day? So a little early prediction.
2: I'm feeling pretty good about All Quiet on the Western Front Mm -hmm. right now. That seems like a good one to pencil in.
1: I feel the same way about that. I also feel that way about Close from Belgium. That sort of feels like the type of film that this branch goes for, how emotional it is, and the story that it tells. So I can see that getting in. I also... I'm just... I'm going to say, even though I'm worried about Santo Mare, not getting in, maybe being a little bit too much... Yeah, like you said, Bennett, too formal. Or like maybe... A bit too much of a thinker in its slowness and stillness, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that it gets in. So I'm going to hope dict it here.
0: I feel like Decision to Leave has a pretty decent chance. And I would also say EO, which I mean, it's I a loved. long shot, but may have <laughs> cinematography appeal as well. I know we have all our donkey films of the year, but I haven't seen it yet. and I really can't <laughs> wait to. There. Another one that I feel has gotten a lot of attention lately, or I've read seen ads for a lot is Argentina 1985 Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. again a a lot of big names here that is making it really hard to boil down past like seven noms so something is going to get snubbed and I'm going to be upset but they're just really good films okay moving on to makeup and hairstyling So this is a category again that is voted on by its branch members for the shortlist and the final nominees. There is a bake-off on January 15th. So a bake-off, what is that? It's where branch members go and watch excerpts from films and interviews with contenders in order to determine the five nominees. So our shortlisted films here include All Quiet on the Western Front, Amsterdam, Babylon, the Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Blonde, Crimes of the Future, Elvis, Emancipation, and The Whale. There are some oddball picks here. How do you both feel about those? Thrilled
2: for Crimes of the Future.
1: <laughs> yes. The oddest of balls. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the Crimes of the Future inclusion here makes yes. up for the t omission last uh, year.
2: Yeah
1: here in the makeup and hairstyling category. I feel like having Daddy Cronenberg here when Julia Ducre wasn't included sort of makes up for that a little bit. And I love Ear Man in Crimes of the Future. <laughs> I love that design. It's not as intense of a body horror film as some of the other Cronenberg films I've seen, but I mean, the the prosthetic work, I mean, another bizarre inclusion here, we have to say is Amsterdam, a movie that I really mm-hmm. did think was completely dead, really, just based on reviews and the fact that nobody saw this movie. But looking at the wigs in the movie, once I saw stills from it, it's a period film. It looks more like a film that this branch would go for. I think there's always a film every year that has sort of intense wigs or period correct wigs that are included. In the final five or in the shortlist? In the shortlist. Sometimes in the final five. But I mean looking at the list I don't see a place for Amsterdam personally. Mm -mm. Knock on wood. It's not the
0: Margot Robbie feature that I expect to get in.
1: Oh yeah. Well that hair and makeup is (laughs) we'll share our opinions on that in a few weeks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The other surprising picks here you guys mentioned Blonde earlier we can touch (laughs) on that but also Emancipation. Yeah. It's not a film I particularly want to see. It's still seeing an image of Will Smith is kind of odd for me, but I really also haven't heard people talking about it. It dropped on Apple TV Plus and kind of silence.
1: The thing I notice when I look at this list, I sort of zero in on the contenders that have heavy prosthetic work. I always do. So The Whale, Mm -hmm. turning Brendan Fraser into a 600-pound man, Mm -hmm. Elvis... I think that should win, personally. The makeup on Austin Butler mm-hmm. is really incredible as he transforms throughout the film. And we also have that makeup on Tom Hanks. <laughs> we have to include that too, right? And just all of that like beautiful makeup on the women throughout the film. Um, it's a period film too, so I can see that. Other prosthetic work too, the Batman, mm-hmm. like Colin Farrell transforming him into the Penguin. I feel like those are things Love. that are going to be top of mind, for bake bake-off voters like in those reels like those things will be showcased over and over again as will Ana de Armas's uncanny mm-hmm. transformation mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm.
2: Particularly all of the shots uh, and they're, they're pretty quick like brief sequences but any recreation of film sets or scenes from Marilyn's films where the couple moments in while you're watching the movie that you at least me, uh, genuinely did not think that we were watching Blonde anymore, that they had put on the old movie, and that that was Marilyn, which to the grave I will defend Anna for this movie, but a lot of it uh, was coming from the makeup for sure.
1: It's one of those things too where it's like you think about a lead actor in the makeup and that pairing sometimes, whether they both get nominated or just one, but... You know, if you if your lead performer is the one who is primarily the one who has transformed, like that that says a lot.
0: The question for me becomes like, is the transformation of one actor, say Anna de Armas in Blonde or Brendan Fraser in the Whale, is that enough for it to get a nomination versus films where the entire cast has incredible makeup and hairstyles done up, like in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a hard thing to contrast when you're trying to boil it down to
2: five. I think if Anna de Armas had more heat in the race than I think she does, then I think there would be a higher chance for the makeup from Blonde getting nominated. Looking back at the past three years of makeup and hairstyling, all three winners bombshell ma rainey's black bottom and the eyes of tammy faye were all on the heels of a best actress nomination and even to your point about the main character being the only kind of notable makeup and hairstyling work and everyone else just kind of filling in the background in 2019 judy was nominated for makeup and hairstyling and i don't think anything beyond what they did to renee was super notable in that, and I'd say the transformation or the the lookalikeness of Blonde is much more accurate than it was in Judy, so. So I don't know. I think if somehow, some way, Darmus gets back in the race after her globe nom, then maybe she could pull makeup along with her, but I don't know if it could happen without her.
1: I think the big other thing that people are talking about here is that everything, everywhere, all at once didn't show up, and... There are a lot of hairstyles, especially, and unique makeup styles within the film. So I do sort of see this omission as somewhat significant.
0: Yeah, I thought this was definitely a place it would show up. And with all of the critics groups, all of its support recently and nominations, I thought it'd be a shoe in in basically every category. And that was all quiet, not everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. Am I worried for its overall potential and like nomination spread no but there is a little alarm going off
1: it's like the first alarm before you hit snooze and then it's really <laughs> <laughs> the, the real alarm
2: not in danger yet but yeah like <laughs> one or two more it, it did show up in a couple of the other shortlists that we'll get to and a couple that i think were maybe sort of surprising to me so i mean we'll get to those but it wasn't totally blanked today
1: Yeah. And I do think it's one of those things, too, where every year we have a film where people say, oh, my God, it didn't show up anywhere. It's not going to be a hit. Last year, I think about how King Richard wasn't on a lot of these short lists and then it ended up getting six nominations. So you have to think about like what are the nominations or potential wins that a movie can get. And for a movie like Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, I think a lot of those things are above the line. It's an actor's movie. So even if it gets snubbed here, there's still a chance for it mm-hmm. in other places for sure. Next category, we have music, original score. Our shortlisted films are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, The Banshees of Inisherin. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Devotion, Don't Worry Darling, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Nope, She Said, The Woman King, and Women Talking. What do you guys think of this category? Some head scratchers.
0: Were you referring to everything everywhere showing up
2: here, Bennett? When you said you were surprised in other categories, I, I was happily surprised that it showed up here. I think the score is awesome, and I really I love listening to it while I work. It feels really innovative and reminds me of how much I loved the score for Swiss Army Man. I don't know if it's the same people, but I guess uh, like the same composers. But it's a very weird score, and I guess. I thought that would be one place where it did not get in today compared to some of the others. So I was happy that it got in.
0: Two for me that I forgot to mention in makeup that are here. One is The Woman King, which oh, yeah. I thought maybe could show up in makeup. Mm-hmm. And also R.A.P. to Michelle Michelle's wig in The Fable Fablemans.
1: <laughs> Michelle Wig Williams.
0: but we do have the Fablements here and John Williams getting yet another nomination would not be surprising for me if that happens
1: I think we can count on it at this point (laughs) like that just feels so right is it my favorite score of the bunch no I think my favorite inclusions here Michael Abel's his score for nope I'm very excited that that's here Mm -hmm. I love how that plays with the western genre and sci-fi I think it's a really beautiful score I also love Carter Burwell's score for The Banshees of Inisherin, so I'm very mm-hmm. happy that's here. That's quickly become one of my most listened to film scores of the year. I think it's it's very sad and melancholy, just like the film, but I slip into that world very easily. And I know you both have seen Avatar The Way of Water. Is How is the score? Do you feel like this is a good, good inclusion here?
2: Oh, yeah. I haven't listened to it independently of seeing the movie yet, but... I don't know. It's it feels as as integral to the feeling of Pandora as the first, you know, the score in the first film did. It's it's obviously not composed by James Horner, who died in twenty fifteen, and he, of course, you know, Cameron's right hand man, who he did the score for Titanic and Avatar and a bunch of other ones. Um, but it references the original score a lot, like like sequels often do. But it still is very. Soaring and emotional and I don't know. I'm I'm down for it. Once I listen to it in isolation, then we'll see if it stacks up against everything else though.
0: Yeah, I'll need to listen to it separately because I don't see it showing up in a list of five. It really did kind of repeat the first film score.
1: Yeah. A lot. Speaking of a repetitive score that we are very split on, Nick, (laughs) Justin Hurwitz's Babylon score is here, and I do think that will appear again. And I do think he has potential to win again.
0: This is our Taylor Swift appearance. You know, this is Hurwitz's version of La La Land showing up <laughs> years <laughs> later.
1: <laughs> oh my god, La La Land, Justin's version.
2: <laughs> is it? No, I have not seen Babylon yet. Tell me about the score. Is it, should I want him to get nominated? again, to make up for the, fir- the egregious first man snub.
1: Ooh, the first man score is better, but I really love the Babylon score. It's like very rebellious and brassy and big, and it subverts and sort of turns inside out the tracks from La La Land to play with, I think, Chazelle's commentary on this film as La La Land's evil twin, hmm. if that makes sense. So I think it's all purposeful, but it does repeat certain musical ideas and like variations on tracks from La La Land. Hmm. So if you are a La La Land fan, that could be off putting. Sure. Okay.
0: It's as bombastic as the movie is. And yes, while it repeats oh. some of La La Land, it repeats itself quite a bit too, or like reinvents its own themes in different ways throughout the movie. It's not a negative comment. I'm just more neutral on it, I think, than you are. But there definitely are songs that I have played when I'm walking home or, you know, return Mm -hmm. to frequently. And I love the brass, the jazz in it that Chazelle loves so much in his films and in his music with Hurwitz, too.
1: Yeah. And just some other ones here that I love. This is a good year for scores. Mm -hmm. The Women Talking score. You know, I was not a fan of Hildur's Joker score that much Mm -hmm. that year, but that's okay. I like her. I think she's wonderful, and that score really stood out to me. When I was watching the movie, I just was like, I need this score to come out so I can listen to it. It's I really like that one, and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, that's Desplat. I feel like that is a sleeper pick here for sure.
2: Looking at some of the other shortlists that we've covered, and across all of them, I saw the Batman show up in a lot of those, and I thought that Michael Giacchino's score would appear here, because a lot of people talk about how much they love that from the movie. I love listening to it at work, and he seems like a favorite of the Academy. It definitely has been over the past two decades, so I was very surprised that that didn't make it into the list.
0: Yeah, so was I. I remember watching it and loving the score and making note of that, so I am kind of surprised at his miss. Some others and not to like diss it but there's no tar here we don't have the double nom for hilder it was
1: ruled ineligible i was gonna ask was it was it eligible yeah that and um vegas by doja cat were both Mm. ruled ineligible like right before voting for these lists started
0: because she had two scores out this year and then so did reznor and ross which were completely shut out also in song but here they could have had empire of light and bones and all And that would have been their song, too, from Bones and All. So Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised they didn't show up because they're somewhat favorites, too. I mean, they've shown
2: up before. They've won. They've won multiple times. They're definitely favorites recently.
1: Speaking of branch favorites, I really thought Thomas Newman might show up for A Man Called Otto. (laughs) I was just (laughs) fully expecting that weird inclusion to be here just because they like him and weird movies do not stop him from appearing. See passengers.
0: Ugh. <laughs> okay, so next category we have music original song. The shortlisted picks here are "Time" from Amsterdam, "Nothing Is Lost," "You Give Me Strength" from Avatar: The Way of Water, "Lift Me Up" from Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, "This Is a Life" from Everything Everywhere All at Once, Ciao Papa" from Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, "Till Your Home" from A Man Called Otto. Not to, not to from RRR. My Mind and Me from Selena Gomez. My Mind and Me. Good Afternoon from Spirited. Applause from Tell It Like a Woman. Stand Up from Till. Hold My Hand from Top Gun Maverick. Dust and Ash from The Voice of Dust and Ash. Carolina from Where the Crawdads Sing. And New Body Roomba from White Noise.
2: Okay, this is the category where I need to take over. Um, I'm the local freak who listened to all 81 submissions. So you don't have to.
1: Oh my God.
2: I do that every year in the, in the extremely short window. They only gave us like two weeks this year. Usually it's about a month, but they, when they put out the press release saying, here's the, you know, in this case, it was 81 songs that are, that have been submitted and they get whittled down to these 15. I, as quick as I can make a Spotify playlist of all the ones I can get and then try to YouTube the ones that I can't find on Spotify or just aren't on Spotify. And then I just write off the ones that, that aren't anywhere. And there's always a couple of them. I don't know why I've just, <laughs> I've just done this for a few years. I Because I just really like getting in deep to this, what almost everyone agrees is just the worst category that should not maybe should not exist anymore. The debates go back and forth, but no matter what, when we get down to this, short list of 15 and then down to five nominations at that point everyone's always like what an awful list like none of these no one knows any of these songs these aren't hitting number one like they used to you know what's the point of this category original songs in film is not what it used to be so i think i reached a point where i started listening to the full submission list because i wanted to see if there was just like what the the entire Field looks like like are they just picking bad ones or is it do they end up picking the best ones and it's just awful everywhere and i can come back to say this year it is just pretty awful everywhere um, <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple songs that actually i whittled down the big list to about 20 songs that i actually like and will listen to more i'll probably listen to them you know probably like just like through this award season and then the the problem with this is that i listen to them so much because i just put the playlist on a loop that they end up in my spotify wrapped and it's like <laughs> you know it's it's like a song that didn't even make the short list that i hate or you know or something like that that i uh, and then it's, it's like your number five was whatever wait so how many of your predicted 20 are the ones that like you ones liked that like? made it into this list let me look. I think about maybe half of this list came from the okay. ones that I liked. I might drop some recommendations at the end. Song is also just such a such a place for a film to shoehorn a campaign where it
1: mm-hmm.
2: either doesn't have one anywhere else or just to try to boost it up. But it's also a good place to see, like, like we're seeing all the other kind of categories of, oh, does this have momentum? You know, All Quiet on the Western Front is showing up in every other category it didn't have any songs uh, at least submitted so it couldn't have been in this one but that's showing up everywhere so that gives us some idea of support from other branches but then when you look at song it's it's sort of like are they just we trying to whittle this down to films that people have heard of or by like singers that people have heard of that they can get to sing on the show is there any strategy there it just feels like a completely different Potential strategy if they're not just going on merit, than uh, the other categories are. So, so when you do see something show up here that is for a film that's kind of on the bubble in other categories or sort of in the conversation, then it's just interesting to see. Okay, why did they pick this? Do they actually like this song, or do they? Does this mean that there is support for the film? Do that? Are they trying to boost it? So I don't know. I I I like <laughs> looking through all of it for that. The one that I love to see
0: which is no surprise to anybody. Diane Warren showing up. Oh, I She's didn't think it would happen. She's for her 14th nomination.
1: <laughs> I can't wait to find out how and where I'm going to watch Tell It Like a Woman when it gets nominated.
0: <laughs> the thing is, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah
1: of course it's for going to happen. For everybody
0: who didn't expect it last year with Four Good Days. I saw that name. I said, absolutely, it's happening.
2: But you thought, I mean, maybe they're just... My hope is they're just trying not to be obvious and go the route of putting her on the short list, but then not nominating her. Because if they just didn't put her on the short list, then it's, then they're really making it clear that it's like, you got your honorary, we're not giving you anything more. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's the
0: thing is, last month, she won an honorary Oscar. Will that affect, you know, if she wins an original song Oscar? I don't know. But I would love to see her in those five for sure.
1: Well, your point, Bennett, about like who you can get to go to the show is interesting because there's a possibility where if you look at this list and you say, like, we could get performances by The Weeknd, Rihanna, Taylor Swift, Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. those are four like four of the most popular artists get Selena Gomez. In the world. Get... Selena Gomez. Yeah. yeah that is something i feel like where we could see that happen but i don't i don't think it's going to be just straight up populist because this group never does that i also want to point out the song dust and ash from the voice of dust and ash it took me a minute because i was like what is this i have not even heard of this song all of the other ones at least i had heard of or were kind of just circling in my brain not this one this is written by someone named Jay Ralph, who wow. has been nominated three times before. Mm-hmm. And his whole shtick is like social change music, which is very much what this branch likes. We joke about this, but it's true. A lot of these songs could be put on motivational posters. It's always how it is. Lift me up. Stand up. Uh-huh. Hold my hand. Nothing is lost. They're always, always like this every single year so keep an eye on that one too it could happen nomination morning where it's just what is this how do we watch the voice of dust and ash and we have to figure out how to find it
2: i'll say that song isn't even on spotify that's one of the ones i had to find on youtube
1: i personally my music taste can be described as sad dad in brooklyn so i love that new body rumba is here i love lcd sound system so i'm very happy for my little alternative dad inclusion here on the list that's mostly pop stars and things from movies that we haven't heard of. But I also think Chow Papa has a chance to get in here. They do tend to like songs from animated films and the Billie Eilish song from Turning Red didn't appear. So I think that this could this could make it in for sure.
2: I was really happy that Everything Everywhere All at Once got in. I like that song This is a Life. It's Mitski and David Byrne and I do too one that's it's really memorable too most of these songs are not at all the majority of the submission list sounds like end credits songs this is a life just doesn't and some of the other ones don't either I think good afternoon from spirited which Nick I think you love that movie I'm playing it in my head as we speak. I cannot. This get is it where out of our music
1: head. tastes. Totally I know. Different. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's so funny. I
2: think that's the only. Like, <laughs> I have not obviously not seen all of these, but I think that's the only. Is that the only like diegetic song in the list? Everything else is either presumably end credit or just like played over some scene, you know, in the background. But "Good Afternoon" is it the actual, mm-hmm. you know, the characters singing in the musical.
1: Yeah, "Ciao, Papas" mm-hmm. in the movie.
2: Mm-hmm. I wish Till Your Home from A Man Called Otto was diegetic because that is, I don't know if you know that. So the, the, I have heard it the yet. The Tom Hanks, you know, film remake, mm-hmm. A Man Called Otto, um, Till Your Home, sung by and maybe written by, you know, worldwide pop superstar Rita Wilson. If that were diegetic, if she had her waves and a mic.
1: It's like when she's Marnie's mom and Girls and performs. Yes, yes. <laughs> The last thing I'll say about this category is that Natu Natu reminds me of when Husavik got in, (laughs) and there's just this surge for this song that people really loved that just made them very happy from a movie that they also liked, but that might not appear in other places. I definitely think I could see that Natu Natu getting in too, even with the crowded Mm -hmm. field of popular singers.
0: Like we said, this is a performance. This would be a showstopper at the Oscars, the dancing, mm-hmm. the singing. So it really could happen. I see that happening, really, it being one of the five. The whole Rita Wilson performing on top <laughs> of some building is really giving me the Husevic performance too when yes. they split those before the show. She yeah. wouldn't <laughs> so.
2: she wouldn't travel. They would they would go to her home. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be in her Nancy Myers kitchen, yeah. And I'll wrap up the category. I want to mention some of the, some of the songs that were eligible that did not get in. That I'm not recommending, but I really want to point out. The first is the song with I think it's called "With You All the Time," which is the song that Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are muttering to mm-hmm. each other throughout "Don't Worry, Darling." That she's, you know, the mm-hmm. alleged, but she's, you know, she's hearing it through the. The headphones the the track of them muttering to each other was eligible
1: oh my god
2: uh charlie xcx had an eligible song for bodies 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 yes um
1: oh sad
2: if, you know if only and the <laughs> I'll, I'll jump to, i'll jump to recommendations that didn't make it and these are actual recommendations oh my god if
0: charlie got a nom before taylor swift did can you imagine
2: um actual recommendations ones that i was like a little sad didn't get in there's a track from avatar the way of water it's called The Song Chord. It was the other submission next to the, the one from The Weeknd that actually got in. The Song Chord is a song that it's in the Navi language, and Zoe Saldana sings it a couple times in the film. And it's the track is really beautiful. Uh, it's, it's in a language you don't know, so you're not really paying attention to the words or anything, but it's a really beautiful song that I kind of wish had gotten in. Similar to, there's a song called Lift Your Wings from the animated film My Father's Dragon. That's really pretty diana ross had an original song in minions the rise of grew
1: yes
2: (laughs) that's a lot of fun and didn't get in and i'll wrap up with there's a song that mel brooks wrote and performs for this tiny documentary called the automat the song is called nothing like the coffee at the automat and it is mel brooks singing for let's see two minutes 23 seconds about how much he loves coffee and can't start his day without his java it's beautiful it's really cute at first i was laughing at being on the list and kind of ridiculous but again i have listened to these so many times in the past two weeks that i've really come around to it so that one's on spotify the track is called nothing like the coffee at the automat by mel brooks and just have yourself a cup of joe and enjoy it
1: i'm gonna do that tomorrow first thing
2: it's great it's really cute
1: I love that so much. Okay, next we have the sound category. This branch has a bake-off, and it'll start on January 12th, and then it actually moves to different cities, which I think is interesting. It's held in San Francisco, New York, London, and L.A., and this voting is done totally by the sound branch. So our films here are All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Way of Water, Babylon, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, Moon Age, Daydream, and Top Gun Maverick. What do you guys think of these movies being here?
2: I think they all seem to make sense. I think we -hmm. mentioned Moon Age Daydream was kind of the surprise inclusion. Is that the David Bowie documentary? Yeah. I know we mentioned it in the documentary.
1: So I saw this in IMAX, actually, and the sound experience is it's very immersive. Like you are really pulled in, I think, not just to what they do with the music and with that footage, but just how it's all this is one where I feel like that editing sound pair. I remember watching it thinking that the editing of the movie was really strong, too. So, yeah, I feel like it does really creative things with the sound and thinking of Bowie as like this great musician and everything that he how he played with his voice as an instrument. So I I like the inclusion here. I think it's fun. Sometimes this branch, as we can see with some of these nominees, they're not incredibly creative Mm. with what they shortlist. So it's good to see them branch out to documentaries and to include one like this here. But I do feel like it's a case where it's because it's about a musician and incorporates so much music. It would totally be in the sound mixing category of things too.
0: I didn't yeah. fully expect Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio to show up, but I love this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that we've gotten videos of the actors and Guillermo behind the scenes, you know, like Cape Blanchett doing monkey noises <laughs> and all of these and how they pair it with the film. So I think the sound work here is great. The re-recording mixer I mentioned earlier is Andy Nelson. So he's a two-time Oscar winner, and he has 22 nominations. Whoa. In five wow. of those years, he had double nominations or won one of those, which is insane. He's listed here in three of the shortlisted films, Babylon, The Batman, and Elvis. Oh, my gosh. So I feel like he could do that again. It's just the spread is insane.
1: Yeah, categories like sound, as we've discovered, you know, through doing the Contender series, this is a category where we get to the list of nominees and it's like, this person has been nominated 12 times and has won twice. This is a category like that where I think a lot of the mixers or designers are just very prolific, very good at their work, and they're recognized by the branch. The interesting thing to look at here, too, is just the sound editing Mm -hmm. stat that overlap that happens so looking at this list and thinking okay what's also going to show up in editing or what has really showy editing or editing that's really strong and you see Top Gun Maverick on this list I think Nick I know you you don't love Elvis but I think Elvis is Mm -hmm. definitely possible in editing Mm -hmm. and that being a film that centers music as well everything everywhere all at once I think that we can talk about makeup and hairstyling missing. We can talk about VFX next. But it popping up in sound. I think actually is a strong indicator for the film. That it will also show up in editing. Mm-hmm. Even if it doesn't ultimately get that sound nomination. I think that it, it shows it's strength elsewhere too. And it shows it as a potential tech player. Even if it's missing from some key places. So I think that is strong there as well. And I mean the other ones though. They're more expected with what we would think. Babylon the Batman, Black Panther, Avatar. They're these big, big movies that do aim, I think, to create sort of walls of sound in your experience.
2: Yeah, I wish that there had been, again, some more creativity outside of Pinocchio and Moonage Daydream. I wish there were more, in general, I wish this category liked the small sound, (laughs) If if that makes sense. Like, yeah. Movies that are a little more still and that they use sound appropriately, and again, that that totally might be where it comes into editing, and that that choice might be more on the editors than on the the sound designers. But I wish that I saw someone mention in the past week that they hoped that Tar would get in for sound, and yeah. other than the orchestra and all of the music that is part of that film, there's also a lot of big like cavernous spaces and how kind of the sound changes when you're in those and it plays a lot with sound differently there so i wish there was more uh, yeah like more creativity like that
1: yeah tar was my like dream inclusion that was within reach i just i love the sound of that movie it's so creative like you said how they play with the different spaces those interiors even outside like they sample the blair witch audio fascinating like i want to know more about that choice
2: Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: the when she hears the girl screaming when she's on her run, it's like I I just want to know more about that. But then my dream pick that was never going to happen, fully out of reach is After Yang. Oh. I think that the sound in the movie is so delicate and specific to the moments that the characters are experiencing in the technology. And like how that affects them. Oh, I love the sound. I would nominate that in like every category though. So, but sound especially, I really like.
0: Tar was one I also thought maybe could happen. Just looking at, again, the comparison with editing. Because it has gotten wins, nominations in different critics groups. The other one that I was sad to see that did show up in other categories is Nope. We talked about Mm -hmm. on that episode how good the sound is. Uh, But thankfully, it did make it in score. And later, we'll mention it in visual effects. Yeah, I think the editing sound parallel could happen with five that we have here. And, you know, I didn't necessarily think the Fablemans would get in for sound, but I thought it would for editing. So that kind of scares me into films that may just get one nomination. And yes, it happens every year. I don't know if there ever has been five films that totally link up between the two categories but then I'm like okay so what doesn't make it in sound and what doesn't in editing so it's still kind of a thinker
1: and I would pick tar in editing over the Fablemans, like if I had to pick one there Mm -hmm. the Fablemans missing sound it wasn't something that I thought okay the Fablemans has to get in but it was a case where I thought okay if this movie is strong like the power of the dog last year we could just see a sound inclusion right or like Belfast how that popped up in sound and the Fablemans there isn't a lot of sound work where you can point to a specific moment and think okay this is why this branch would go for this like you could even with Belfast like those riots or something like that but the power of the dog was a case where it did have that lighter touch Mm -hmm. to the sound work So I was, I don't know, I sort of expected it to maybe appear here in a similar way.
2: Yeah, very
0: interesting. And then just to note one other re-recording mixer, Kevin O'Connell, he's an Oscar winner. He wasn't nominated for the Women King. It's not showing up here, but I think he may win next year for Oppenheimer. So there are names, again, that show up over and over and over again and You know, we think of Meryl Streep and all of her nominations, but you look at some of the crew in these technical categories, and it's just off the charts. Yeah, wow. And he also did Cocaine Bear, so now I'm like extra excited.
1: (laughs) Will you like Cocaine Bear or Oppenheimer more? What's going to be the better movie?
0: (laughs) Time will tell. 2023, we need you. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into our final shortlisted category for feature films: (laughs) visual effects. For this category we have a bake-off on january 14th our selected films include all quiet on the western front avatar the way of water the batman black panther wakanda forever doctor strange in the multiverse of madness fantastic beasts the secrets of dumbledore jurassic world dominion nope 13 lives and top gun maverick i'll start by saying I guess they didn't like the penis fingers from everything everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, this category, it has its its moments where they go off the wall and they'll pick an oddball here or there. I mean, we all remember when Ex Machina won <laughs> in this category and that great win. But I think, I don't know, this category year after year, it's where I just get upset when I look at the shortlist and then I remember... Last year, like, how upset I was that The Green Knight wasn't included, Mm -hmm. but Free Guy was. Mm -hmm. Or where they go for these, like, bigger blockbuster films with creature design and a lot of VFX. And a film like Everything Everywhere All at Once, it would have been a really cool inclusion and nomination, especially the way that this team talks about how they basically learned to do visual effects for this movie. So I always am rooting for people like that to be included in categories like this. But it does feel like this branch just went for the big ones here.
2: Yeah, it is kind of a shame to see Fantastic Beasts (laughs) and Jurassic World (laughs) because it's just big and there's a lot of VFX, but then you don't, like you said, you don't get everything everywhere all at once. There was kind of like a long list of contenders that I saw that I think kind of leaked online that there was a a list of 20 that had it had already been whittled down to and that got cut in half uh to get to this 10 and i know uh, everything everywhere all at once was on that list and so was rrr which i think it showing up in vfx would have been another show of support for it and kind of pointing it to be the possible contender elsewhere that people were start r slash were starting to think that it could be i feel like are only showing up today in song for not to to and of course it wasn't eligible for international feature but it didn't show up in in the other spots either that it feels like without these departments boosting up that film or if if the support of that film is going to come from certain places i think people thought it would be coming from some of the crafts and some of the you know the other spots that it would maybe do okay below the line just on sheer bombast that could get it into stuff above the line um, as kind of the it has surged over the past couple of months or or it seems to have surged I think people it can, it, I feel like it kind of came out of nowhere after people were talking about it all year but in terms of awards mm-hmm. it, it really joined the conversation lately so it's, it's interesting to see it not have the apparent support in these categories that it seemed like it could because I to me that dampers its chances elsewhere more than other things missing damper their chances like this seemed one that's like RR needs to be showing up places in order for me to believe that it's gonna get anything big
1: yeah I, I completely agree with that about RR it feels to me like maybe that isn't an Academy movie. Like it it just, that's possible, right? Mm
0: -hmm. I'm curious about the visual effects in 13 Lives. Still haven't seen it, but it's like a real Mm -hmm. film. It's not a film that is based on like a lot of these Marvel films, CGI. So that is the curious pick for me here.
1: I did see 13 Lives predicted in places. So I wonder, I think if if it was as big of a shock for people who have seen the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've seen The Rescue- the documentary Mm -hmm. version of this film and i can sort of imagine what they would do with visual effects here but yeah i think this is one where until i see it it will be a mystery to me (laughs) why they would go for it but i think looking at this list i am just very happy that nope is here and i also just feel like this is avatar the way of waters to lose (laughs) for sure we did get a couple of questions about visual effects. We sort of started to answer these. So we got one from Joe Greeley. He said, there's a bias towards blockbusters and visual effects. Where's everything everywhere all at once? Do you guys just think sort of what we said, that that's, they sort of tend to go for these bigger movies and that's what they did this year?
2: Yeah. I'm looking back at the past few years of nominations and like I'm going to kind of cross 2020 out because VFX was not the it's not the hallmark year for VFX in 2020 yeah Um, but looking back you know like the Irishman (laughs) I I guess that doesn't count as a blockbuster it's not quite the same as everything everywhere Uh, but other than that I guess you know Christopher Robin got in otherwise I'm scrolling like Kubo and the Two Strings we're back in 2015 this category so heavily favors blockbusters and Quantity of VFX. Often the winner ends up being the quality pick of the five, but at least to get to nominations, you usually see things that played on a lot of screens.
0: Yeah, I feel like there are always among the five nominees, at least a few Best Picture nominees as well. So they're choosing big movies, yes, but they're also going for the critically acclaimed ones too. So really this miss is so shocking to me because I feel like it's a perfect amalgamation of those two worlds but again we could also have avatar as a best picture nominee and again that fits that perfectly as well
1: i think at this point avatar will be a best picture Mm -hmm. nominee and maybe director that maybe can be a conversation for another time so thinking about all of these categories that we just discussed rob montoya asked us which film stock went up and which film stock dropped based on the oscars shortlist
2: To my mind, All Quiet on the Western Front went up a lot for me. I still haven't seen it. I was not necessarily planning to see it, unless I ran out of other things to watch. (laughs) I think you should. Yeah, because you liked it a lot, Nick, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, But yeah, I think that that film showing up in five of the shortlists, only five it was eligible for, really surprises me. Maybe these are like the the five key categories for it and it has no shot anywhere else and I just don't know. But to me, that one really went up.
0: This is a dangerous question because again, it's <laughs> only part of what mm-hmm. will come out for nominations. Mm-hmm. It's 10 of 24. 7 out of 21 if you're thinking about feature films. With that being said, like yes, All Quiet did get in a lot, but I don't expect it to show up in like 10 yeah. nominations or whatever come nomination morning. But I think I would say like even Elvis showing up the few times that it did. It's like, okay, yes, this has support. This is going on. This probably will be a Best Picture nominee. It could be a director nomination as well. (laughs) Kind of crazy. But otherwise, I was like happy with the Batman showing up. And Mm -hmm. I really am rooting for Nope to maybe get in more. Like maybe one or two more categories I mean, Peel has shown up in one before, so I'm still rooting for it in visual effects.
1: Yeah, I think this question is really dangerous because essentially what this list is, as we've talked about, it's just a very specific piece of the pie. It's also just a list of what is eligible. Mm -hmm. So I think if we just look at them as eligibility lists, where opinions of these movies and campaigns And whatever happens in the world, that could all change between now and when it's actually time to vote in several weeks at this point, right, into January. So I try not to get too hung up on what's here because I remember last year when I saw, you know, No Time to Die everywhere. And I was like, is No Time to Mm -hmm. Die going to get a Best Picture nomination or is Jingle Jangle (laughs) going to appear
2: It was everywhere. <laughs> that Netflix
1: Christmas movie. It was everywhere. <laughs> and I remember being like, what does this mean? Right. So I try not to get too caught up in it. But I think, Nick, I agree with you. Like Elvis, I just have a feeling about that movie being in a lot of places. And Austin Butler specifically being really strong heading into industry voting with the way that they're thinking about it. I think a movie I'm worried about, unfortunately, at this point is... I mean, RRR stock definitely went down today, I think. Mm-hmm. Not seeing that in visual effects. But I'm really worried about The Woman King. That yeah. not appearing in sound or in hair and makeup. And I feel... I don't know. I feel I feel that it, it should have appeared there. And, you know, it, it's early. Like I said, industry screenings are coming. It feels like a SAG movie. It feels like one that, you know, the industry could still really respond to. This is, again, just a small snapshot, but... It did unfortunately go down just a little bit for me today.
0: Okay, so next up in terms of like things happening with the Oscars, like we mentioned, the bake-offs are happening. So if you are on social media, like see what people are saying from January 12th to the 15th. I think that'll be exciting to see and like hear like what people thought were the most impressive. After that, we have nominations announced on Tuesday, January 24th, and then. From there, I mean, we'll be talking about them so much on the podcast, and we have our Contender series coming once those are announced, but the Oscars are on Sunday, March 12th, so dates you definitely should be adding to your calendar.
1: Well, thank you so much, Bennett, for being here to talk about the shortlist. You'll have to come back when we discuss the nominees and what everything looks like. Oh, there. yeah.
2: Yeah, I I, <laughs> I want to be here for all the big days and then next year we can plan to have a um, separate pod specific for original song. I can go down the whole list. Okay. No, I was going to say please share that Spotify I can't playlist. Wait. It's I'll yeah. share the one that has my like 20 or so on it. Okay. I, the one that I kind Perfect. of like decided was like I'll listen to these more. And yeah, I I will you know, send everyone off. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Bennett Prosser. And everyone go stream Nothing Like the Coffee at the Automat from the Automat original <laughs> motion picture soundtrack. We can get it to number one if we all stream. And thank you.
1: That's such an important recommendation.
2: For sure. I, oh, yes. I, I, I didn't even get to say it when we were talking about films that took a stock deep dive today. The Automat. <laughs>
1: It's one category where it had a chance. No,
2: it's such a shame. The, it, oh. That song has one thousand two hundred and sixty-five plays on Spotify. Oh. All and for, you are one thousand, literally all for
1: me. Oh my god! Your Spotify Wrapped next year will be like you're in the top 0.05 percent <laughs> of Mel Brooks of Mel listeners. Brooks listeners. <laughs> Oh my God.
0: Uh, you pitting Mariah Carey against Mel Brooks is not something I thought we would be thinking about here on the pod today. Yeah, she's fine.
2: She's, <laughs> she's had enough. She like <laughs> Give her a couple days and then it's Mel Brooks time.
1: And next time on Oscar Wilde, we have our last episode of 2022. It'll be jam-packed. We are doing our best of 2022 lists, sharing our top five films of the year. I bet people can sort of predict ours, <laughs> what they will be, yeah. but that's okay. It'll be really fun. We're going to do some special awards, too, in some fun extra categories. And as a little special end-of-the-year treat, Nick and I will be sharing our top 10 Sight and Sound <gasps> poll votes, if we were able to vote, of course. We did not actually vote in the poll, but we're pretending that we got to.
2: Wow. Spirited. Finally getting its due. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the first Ryan Reynolds film to be included on a second sound poll.
0: <laughs> Maybe that should be my number five in 2022. I'll give I it think a thought. So. <laughs> well, thanks, Bennett, for coming once again. We love when you come share all your wisdoms with us. If you like our show, feel free to rate, review, and follow us on our social medias. You can find us on Instagram at oscar Wilde pod and on Twitter Also, we have a Patreon, which we just released an episode on the main feed about the holiday. We had a lot of fun. We do different series on After Dark, a bonus series we have on Patreon. So check out all of our content there as well. That's at patreon.com slash Oscar Wilde.
1: We hope everyone is ready for us to be talking about all of these movies for the next few months. It will be a lot of fun. Thank you again, Bennett. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time.
0: Happy holidays.